Morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. If it's Thursday, you know what that means. Mark Porter and Bill Curlick are here. It will be a journey into recruiting and personnel and transfer portal like you've never seen before. What a wonderful way to get your Thursday going. Not quite as beautiful in the Buckeye State it has been the last two days, but we will get through it. Speaking of getting through the Buckeye State, Mark Porter, as we were just discussing, has been on a journey many would not even accept. He has been all over the state of Ohio. Given the change in rules this year, there is much more exposure for prospects, and that really affected Mark's marriage. He has been on the road like a mug, like uh I don't even think I could assign all this out, but Mark is going to bring you up to speed like only he can on what he's done the last few days and what has jumped out to him from an Ohio State perspective, and there's plenty. Mark, the floor is yours. Bill and I are going to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you were with us last week, I think I started right now, and like uh, 14 minutes later, I think I ended, and yeah, I, I, there might have been a few people who got introduced to uh, uh, serious OCD once it gets going or something, but right. yeah, the, the Ohio high school, if you don't follow what we did last week, uh, the Ohio high school coaches association has let their kids work out earlier, not so much spring ball, but maybe some spring practices, which has given college coaches an opportunity to go into the high schools and actually watch players work out uh, to make life easier for college coaches. Uh, a lot of these high school coaches have synced up these days where Basically, they have 45-minute workouts. So at 6 a.m., you're at Pickerington North for a you know 45-minute hour workout. Then you have 20 minutes to get to the next school for another hour workout, and your day is off and running. Uh, 11 schools Monday, 10 Tuesday, 10 more on uh, Wednesday yesterday. Combine that with Cincinnati last week. Uh, so I've been in about 60-some high schools in the last you know 12 days or so. Um, I don't even know where I'm at today. It's, it's that type of a whirlwind. It's that type of a Groundhog Day feeling. You know, you're having a conversation at one camp, and, Coach, I'll pick this back up in about 45 minutes over at the next spot. And you, you're, it's a continuing running conversation throughout the day. Uh, all everyone in this podcast, podcast cares about is the Ohio State prospects and what did you see. Uh, I was at Akron Hoban first thing yesterday morning. I'll just start right there. Uh, and I could probably talk about that for the rest of the podcast. I have been dying to see Sam Greer, the freshman that Ohio State has offered, who hasn't played a down of football yet. Uh, he played in the state championship game for basketball, and if you watched any of that, uh, you could have offered him and been very safe with the offer off of basketball footage. Uh, got a few video clips of him. I'll try to get out to the buck nuts later on, but he is better than advertised. He is a mammoth uh, walking onto the field. All you see is number 70 standing over there with the offensive lineman, and it's the proverbial sore thumb. Uh, Peyton Cook, the freshman wide receiver there, looks outstanding. He'll be a kid that's going to be at the Buckeye camp this summer. Uh, he could be an early offer person, maybe a freshman that gets offered again. 
I know Ohio State with Chris Henry and Sam Greer are offering freshmen and uh, the, the freshman up at Avon Lake Baggett. Uh, I'm sorry, Baggett's the freshman at Chardon. I'm going to transfer to the, all these freshmen here in a second. Uh, Bill, freshman up at Avon Lake is? Max Riley. There we go. So Ooh. I went to – there we go. So, I went, so we'll <laughs> transfer from Sam Greer, the offensive lineman, the freshman, to the T3 Sports Performance Combine last Saturday that I covered where, yes, Avon Lake's freshman was there. The freshman from Chardon, uh, Andrew Baggett, another lineman, looks a lot like uh, the other guys. He'll be a name we have to probably start talking about when it comes to that class of linemen. Uh, it was a very impressive camp up there. Satterwhite was at the T3 performance, and he worked out for Hoban. And of course, Satterwhite has the Alabama offer. He's the offensive lineman we talked about. Talked about him last week briefly. He's not as long as the other guys, and maybe that's what's holding up the Ohio State offer, but I was told by uh, the Hoban people that Ohio State is still on him, and Ryan Day was in to see him personally. So, you know, that lives on. But I can see why that uh, Mark Nave and the Armstrongs were first in line in the pecking order. Uh, where else did I go? So I'm going to use my cheat sheet here for a second. Uh, yesterday was unique. The City League in Columbus doesn't always get a lot of love from college coaches. So Marion Franklin, Columbus South, Columbus East, Northland, and Beechcroft all strung together a day. And I think there were probably two or three prospects there that Big Ten worthy. I'm not sure if they're Ohio State worthy, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. Uh, yesterday was also Delaware Hayes, Dublin Scioto, um, Central Crossing, Grove City, and Franklin Heights. Wasn't a big day for uh, players there. The day before, Gehanna Lincoln had the big, uh, I guess, prospect showcase the day before. And the defensive end at Gehanna Lincoln, Bill, let's go stock up with him. and Elijah King. Elijah King. And this is my problem is I have about 60 of these I just filled out and scratched off and circle players. And today's the day I download them in there. So the names are all percolating through my head. But thank Bill for being here to be the clarity in my head. Yeah, <laughs> Bill, st stock up for Elijah King. Oh, my Lord, did he get three or four inches taller? Uh, it was almost a showstopper of, like, where did this kid come from? And the same with uh, Brennan Ward, the quarterback, the coach's son. 15 years old, and he's already 6'3", 6'4", and he was slinging it. Uh, that's going to take my brain to quarterbacks. Levy Davis is the freshman over at Owen Tangy Orange. He is a Troy Smith club. Right across the street. Right across the street. Little. Troy Smith clone started as a freshman and he was spinning it. Uh, he's pushing the six foot barrier right now, but I, I really saw that comparison right there. I thought that Timothy Carpenter, who we talked about from Trotwood Masson about being one of the top quarterbacks in Ohio and in my rankings coming out of the gate, because he's such an overwhelming athlete, he got the number one spot. Uh, Runkin Meyer from Molentangy was a basketball player who had a thin body when I saw him at first, probably 170 pounds, 6'3". Mom played basketball at Ohio State, and obviously basketball player looked for her. So you think he's thin. And he always spun it well. He always had a pure delivery, and he had a couple Mac offers. Uh, he's 190 pounds, and he is ripping the ball. Penn State is offered, and he will be probably checking out the Ohio State camps, and Ohio State was in attendance, so – He's now my number one quarterback in Ohio because he's the best pure passer in the class. He was spinning it and ripping it as hard as anybody. And, 
you know, throughout the day, you know, you see a bunch of quarterbacks throw. I didn't see anything in the last in those 60 schools that even resembled him. So mm. hats off to him for the type of day he had. That's, I don't know if Ohio State's going to be able to take a 24 quarterback from Ohio, but it reminds me of like we say all the time, these players pop up later and Ohio State has taken quarterbacks later and ended up with these great players. This situation really reminded me of, yeah, here's one of those guys that if we took later, I'd be very happy with. I could see him doing some damage some other places. Uh, just to jar my memory. Mark, and scroll Mark, Mark, let me interrupt. Mark, let me interrupt you for one second on those quarterbacks. I was talking to a recruiter just the other day. Uh, you mentioned Grunkenmeyer from Olentangy, which is right up the road. Uh, and you you haven't mentioned Tavian St. Clair yet. But I know I know you're well aware of him. But I was talking to a recruiter the other day that uh, uh, they're really happy that. Uh, you know, in the case of Grunkenmeyer, Ohio State's got their 2024 quarterback because they like Grunkenmeyer a lot. This is a, a, a coach from a power five school uh, that likes him a lot. And it's like, oh, Ohio State's out of the market. They're not going to be looking at him and they're very happy. And, and they were wondering, you know, how serious is Ohio State about Tavian and St. Clair? Because they're hoping they can sneak in and get him as well. So kind of an interesting um, dynamic there that the recruiters look at what Ohio State does, and if they have their quarterback, that means it's open season on some of these other Ohio quarterbacks, like you mentioned, Grunkenmeyer and then Tavian St. Clair for 2025. Where do you think they're going to go next? And without giving up my – Go ahead. Pardon me? Go ahead. Uh, without giving up, yeah, like my sacred relationship with coaches – a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast uh, are mimicked in the conversations with college coaches. I literally watched the college coaches have the conversation Bill just talked about and, and joke with, you know, Ohio State that, hey, which one do you want? Go ahead, have them, take them. But you know what? Thank you for the scraps you're leaving us because they are some very good scraps in this class. And it's it's funny to see that in action. And it's funny to see the reality of we just can't take all these kids, you know, I, there was a part of me after watching all these camps and all these players that I'd love to see Ohio State take 20 kids from Ohio and do that four years in a row and just see what happens. And just because we always lose kids ranked 16, 20, 25 that end up in the NFL or end up playing pro ball somewhere else. And I think if you just stuck to Ohio, and I think you could be fine at the end of the day because there, there are some impressive – the kid from Gehanna Lincoln, Elijah King, if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be an unbelievable player. Grunkenmeyer is going to be an unbelievable player somewhere else. You know, and there's many others. Uh, Hilliard Bradley has an excellent quarterback. Uh, he has a few offers. He was probably the second best quarterback I saw in the day. Uh, Growthport Madison. I saw it. Uh, Marion Franklin. Tito Glass. He's a running back. And let's love you on Bell 2.0. He might be a linebacker. He might be a defensive end almost like a Brandon Jacobs moment from back in the day. He's explosive. Uh, I don't know if he's an Ohio State running back, but someone's going to get a, a, a freakish athlete player out of that kid. And, you know, I could – at this point, I could diverge down the rabbit hole with different prospects that may or may not be Ohio State guys and may or may not be the Raider. But I can almost guarantee that we're not done offering kids in Ohio. And the Nichols kid from Withrow was the perfect example. Uh, a year ago at this time, or a year and a half ago, he was 150, 160 pounds. And when Michigan and Notre Dame offered, there were rumblings of, 
what are those guys thinking? He's he's a flyweight. He's not big enough yet. And, yeah, watching him down there, he's got the weight now. Obviously, in the 100-meter dash, he's one of the tops in the state. He walked away from that workout, and that was one of the kids, yeah, that picked up an offer. So I think there's more like that in Ohio coming. And, you know, I think the question I dove into last week, is this one of the better classes? And right now, yes, I can certainly say that. And Tarion Nichols was really good at the Under Armour camp uh, on Sunday. Um, and, and, you know, and Ryan Day saw him there. Ryan Day was there. Ryan Day saw Tarion Nichols there. And then Tim Walton sees him. And presto, he got a scholarship offer for the Buckeyes. That's a good segue there, Bill. You're a podcast professional like no other. Let's talk about the Under Armour Gathering from this past weekend at Obex uh, in the Columbus area, we said going into the weekend, just the guest list, the expected guest list was among the best you will ever see. Part of it's because Ohio just has a lot of talent right now, and part of it's because they got a lot of them to that event. Um, I guess the guy everyone's going to want to talk about is, or at least the first guy, Sam Williams Dixon. He transferred from West Holmes to Pick North, the Ohio State commitment. And I think there's fair to say there's a general – I don't think doubt would be the word, but there's a general kind of, is this guy up to snuff? Because West Holmes is not the powerhouse Ohio team, and he was kind of running against guys that were not in his caliber, hence the transfer to pick north and big Columbus public school football. But I had a feeling this would happen. You get him out around, you get him out around everybody else, and shocker, the Ohio State coaches have picked out a very good player. Bill? <laughs> Bring us up to speed on what you saw and maybe go into the easy up to snuff and how he kind of looked among a higher level of players. Yeah. Um, getting back to, to what you were talking about, Dan, uh, of uh, and Mark, uh, of this class being very good. Um, the people at the Under Armour camp, the ones that run that camp, uh, they mentioned more than once during that camp, and they mentioned this to the kids, how – uh, this was their fifth year for doing that camp in Columbus and Fortress Obits and all that. And they felt like it was the the best talent that they've had at that camp and from Ohio in, in the five years that they've done this camp. They were really impressed. They liked the offensive linemen. They liked the skill kids. Um, you mentioned Sam Williams Dixon. Uh, but, my goodness gracious, the uh, Chris Henry – He's a freak, and I mean that in a very, very good way. He's incredible. Next, Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. I heard have heard more than once and wouldn't necessarily disagree. He's got that type of potential. Uh, getting back to Sam Williams-Dixon, he did what you would uh, expect um, him to do if you're in a high state offer kid. He beat the guys he should have beat. He beat – you know, he looked – you know, great hands. He didn't. I know Mark saw him and uh, this week, and he saw maybe he said maybe he dropped a couple. Well, he didn't drop anything at uh, the Under Armour. He caught everything, um, so he looked very very good. And uh, I'm anxious to see him actually out on the field this season at Pickerington North. It, I think he uh, is going to show out just like he did against the best talent in the state of Ohio at the Under Armour camp. Let, let me add a little. Yeah, I'll add a little to Bill's color there. Yeah, Dan, we don't need you today. You could just you know chill back here for a few minutes. 
I mean, we've been we've been at thirty some camps. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, you sound like the my Chris wife. Henry, uh, yeah, the, the the Marvin Harrison compliment comparison's very nice, but he's baby Randy Moss. He is long. He's going to be six four. He, he his dad was baby Randy Moss, and you can see I mean, it in there. And my, yeah, like he he is baby Randy Moss. He's got the thinner body. He's got the twitchy movements. He's got the long reach where he just floats up in the air and pulls things out and one hands balls. I mean, I, I would love for someone to call my son little Marvin Harrison, but little Randy Moss might be a, a step up. So we're in rare air, but he carry on to Ryan Nichols is the only one who had a chance to cover him on the Withrow team when he took reps against anybody else. Oh my, you know, like it's, it's men versus boys. So and then the Sam Williams-Dixon, yeah, he did a lot of receiving routes on air at the Pickerington North workout. So, I mean, a lot of balls coming his way. But he has a thicker vibe to him where, you know, they were kind of saying receiver vibes for a little bit. Uh, I like the boarding house that said the more of a Debo Samuel type feel where he has that thicker – uh, A.J. Brown type where you have that butt and those legs and that lower body where guys sort of drip off you in the open field and you see the arm tackle slap the body and just fall off. I think that's the type of player you can expect more than the Curtis Samuel, uh, Paris, you know, uh, whatever those guys, Paris, they're, they're so fast and straight line ish where this guy's going to be more of a running back with great hands and stuff like that. So seeing him up close and personal, you know, against high school kids, yeah, he did an unbelievable job. I, I wish I could have been at the Under Armour to see him against the best in Dan, uh, you, the country. Dan, Dan, Dan you mentioned, uh, or Mark, I guess, mentioned Randy Moss. Uh, for a future show, Dan, we have to go back someday, the, the three of us, and talk about recruitments from the past because Randy Moss's recruitment and covering that was like no other for sure. Yeah, that might be our last show that we ever do. <laughs> and then we just kind of sign off because you got to give away the, the kit and the caboodle with that. I'm not sure we're able to do that. Let's take a quick break here and pay some podcast bills. Come back. And there are plenty of good questions here from our loyal subscribers and watchers, etc. All right, we are back. I'm just going to fire these off as much as I can. As we are wont to do, we have actually answered several of them already. Uh, field goal kicker and punter is not our specialty. <laughs> Let's do this one. <clears throat> Hold on one sec here. Let me pull this up. Okay. From Chris Glover, who likes cats. Welcome back, guys. Question. How would you compare the how the current offensive line coach, Justin Fry, and the previous offensive line coach attacked recruiting? There appears to be a big difference. I always felt the old regime chased tackles across the board. Let me set this up a little bit. As I mentioned, I went to the foundation uh, fundraiser a few weeks ago and sat <laughs> with Justin Fry, and I was extremely impressed. I'm borderline in the tank for him now. I will say the one thing he said to me that uh, stood out was that if he offers someone and goes after them, their expectation is they're going to get him. So you may not see the plethora of offers that were out in the past, but if you look so far, he has dialed in on several dudes and he's come back with them. The last one being Josh Simmons out of the transfer portal. Um, so I'm very, very impressed. 
I do think they're, if you look at the guys they've offered, they're going for the NFL future athletic, um, more of a versatile type kid, I think, than your standard, uh, would you call, would we used to call them and not offend them, road graders, as it were. Uh, guys with a little more athleticism. I think guys with a little more upside. I could be wrong, but um, Bill, I'm going to take the floor and then Mark, you can follow up. Well, one thing I think you, you, there's a difference a little bit, uh, a lot, I guess, actually, is that Justin Fry is really um, focused on kind of two areas of the country uh, in particular. One of them being Ohio. That's nothing different. You know, Greg Stadrara, uh focused on Ohio, but Justin Fry has really been focused. It's a good group of offensive linemen in Ohio, so he is really focused on that. And then he has capitalized what is a lot different on his West Coast ties. You know, he was at UCLA. He recruited out there a lot, and he has a lot of ties out there. That is why Ohio State got Josh Simmons, the offensive lineman from San Diego State, because Justin Fry had the ties on the West Coast, been recruiting out there, recruited Simmons when he was in high school. And Fry has offered a lot of guys on the West Coast, and they got mm-hmm. they got Josh Simmons, and they're very much in the running um, for Brandon Baker from Modern Day High School. So that's I think the, that's really, the name I just wrote down there, Bill, that I wanted to comment on. Go ahead. Yeah, they're uh, uh, you know his experiences and his uh, uh, ties and all that on the West Coast are 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 and are going to in the future pay for Ohio State in a big way. And as you mentioned, Dan, you know, they're, they're looking for the athletic guys. And, and uh, the Armstrong brothers, they are athletic. I mean, boy, do they pass the look test. Uh, they got the uh, slim lower body. Uh, they don't have the belly. And they got the chest that's going to – it's good now and it's going to, you know, uh, look bigger and bigger after after Mick Marotti gets a hold of them. So, um you know, I, I think Justin Fry also has been more of a go-getter, to be honest. He's really sure. gone out on the road and uh, uh, used all his connections across the country and just done a great job of selling the program. Yeah, Mark, I'll let you comment on that. Justin Fry is younger and more charismatic than the guys they had before. There's no doubt about that. He is a – he's on his way up. This one. Go ahead, Dan. I just, I'm saying this won't be his last stop. If you told me Justin Fry was eventually a head coach, that would not surprise me. And I should mention real quick, too, uh, the GAs and the guys behind the program, you know, that are assistants and all that, Mike Seleni is helping recruit those offensive linemen. And I couldn't tell you how many offensive line recruits have mentioned not only Justin Fry, but Mike Seleni, who helps Justin Fry. So uh, a little shout out to, to some of the guys behind the scenes, maybe, that are doing a heck of a job. Keenan Bailey was one of those guys. Look where he's at now. I was just going to say he's following the Keenan Bailey uh, approach to greatness. Mark, take the floor. Are we right And what we've said about the types? Um, I'm scratching down notes as you guys are talking because there's so many conversations I just had, and I'm so full of information. Uh, Justin Fry is like, to me, a future of Matt Campbell, uh, Luke Fickle, uh, of Rabel. He's got that young, fun, uh, relatable thing. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'm a fan, and if you can't tell, I like some of those other guys because they're my age, and so I'm biased towards that. Uh Jake Ballard would probably be a tight end for Justin Fry. 
Okay, that just again, I was just thinking of types like he's taking these power forwards or these long tight ends and playing them at tackle or offensive line, which is more of the NFL prototype. You got these power forwards, pass protecting out there. And that made me think of a conversation I had about Taylor Decker. I met with Taylor Decker's offensive line coach. He's over coaching Jake Wheelock at Stebbins right now. Okay. Fine, and Tim so, Sweeney, both of them, I might add. Yeah. And so we went back to the story of, Urban's Meyer was first offer was Taylor Decker. And he told me the story. He goes, when uh, uh, Urban Meyer said they were watching his film, they got 10 plays in and stopped the film and said, who the heck's this? He got five more plays in and said, why haven't we offered? And by the 20th play, he threw his hands in the air and said, what is going on around here? This is one of the best tackles I've ever seen. And it came from the Jim Bowman era where we were offering guys that could operate in a phone book, you know, uh, that had powerful, big hips, big thighs. So I'm going back to the Bowman days where we were taking road graders and their lower bodies were, were, were huge, okay? Taylor Decker had the skinny legs like the Armstrongs, the, the, the narrower shoulders that needed to be developed still, like the Armstrongs. So back then there was a transition. You know, we had Ed Warner at offensive line and other guys, but I think Justin Fry is back to the tight end, power forward type, stuff like that. Uh, talking about Jake Wheelock, and just because his name came up, obviously he's committed to Cincinnati, and Bill and I really liked him as a Josh Myers type. Uh, Jake Grimm over at Gahanna Lincoln is a Jake Wheelock type. He's that next rung of an interior guy. I don't know if Ohio State will get to him, but there's another great guy from Ohio that just kind of, when I was on the road, I'm like, there he is. You know, So the Jake Wheelock and Grimm definitely shined in the last couple of days, but they are not the long bodies of – uh, Taylor Decker, Armstrong, places like that. I go see Mark Nave next week, so I'll get a better look at what he's developing into. Uh, but there's your breakdown, I guess, on types of offensive linemen and the types we're taking now. Uh, the, the skinny type we're going to add to something to in the weight room. Yeah, offensive line coach has been, think of a way to say this diplomatically, a source of intrigue on the front row for several years until – Recently, I and, and like we said, I do think Fry is the one who's going to change things there. Just a very charismatic, uh, easy to get along with, you know what I'm saying? Kind of uh, just he's the total package, man. There's a reason they gave him the assistant head coach title and stuff like that. He's a, he's a real star. And Bill's point on the West Coast is key, too, because it's not like he doesn't have Midwest ties. The guy played offensive line at Indiana. But um, those West Coast ties, man, the idea, especially with USC coming to the Big Ten and UCLA, there's going to be a better chance to recruit out there. That's just a fact because you're going to regionalize the television coverage a little bit for them. So that's a major, major boon. Uh, one of our best guys, Mika Hanna, one of our most devoted watchers, listeners, whatever he wants to do it. And we mentioned this dude before from Cincinnati Withrow. Bill, what's his first name? I can't read it correctly. Torian. Torian Nichols. Ryan. It's the first one. Torian. Uh, thankfully, it's not spelled on there because it would not help you. Does offering Torian Nichols mean we are not in a good place with Aaron Scott? We are legally obligated to comment <laughs> on Bryce West and Aaron Scott on this podcast. There is legitimate concern that Aaron Scott will choose the team up north. Gentlemen, the latest from you, put this all in context if you could. 
Ohio State is going to take at least three, probably four corners in this class. So they've got room for them all. Uh, this is a case I, I, I harken back a little bit to Jermaine Matthews, who they didn't offer until they saw him in camp. Um, you know, they had offered a lot of other guys. I saw him in camp and they offered him and they ended up getting him. Um, Nichols is a guy Ohio State has been on. Uh, they finally saw enough and liked enough that they offered him, giving themselves another option. They still are very, very much in the running for Aaron Scott. It doesn't impact uh, his status one bit. They want him just as bad as ever, and their chances haven't gone down at all. Uh, they're still there. Uh, yeah, I've said this before, but Aaron Scott, um, you know, I, I will be absolutely floored if he doesn't end up at one of two schools, Ohio State or Michigan. He's going to end up – he's got other schools. He's got everybody that wants him. But I, I've said it for a long time. It's Ohio State or Michigan. I still uh, favor Ohio State in that one. But he is going to make – he hasn't announced his official visit schedule yet. That will come soon. But he is going to make official visits to both schools. Ohio State still has the last shot. They get the uh, uh, late June visit. Bryce West also visiting then. Um um, so I, at least that's the anticipation that they get the, the last visit from both those guys. And, um, yeah, I, I still tend to like Ohio State's chances. But, uh, again, they're going to take a, three or four corners. And Xavier Brown, you know, they've got a shot there, but that's not an easy one to get out of modern day and bring home to Ohio State, even though he has – uh, family ties in Northeast Ohio. I had run recruiter tell me that in the end, uh, they think that uh, one of the West Coast schools, Oregon or USC, is going to be able to keep Xavier Brown out there. But Ohio State, they feel, is very much a threat. So we'll see what happens. But Tarion Nichols gives them another great option. Okay. Um, the Apologies are in order here. I mistakenly assumed because I know our statistics that Mika Hanna was a male and I was wrong. I apologize. We have a great number of uh, women who follow the show too. And I will not make that assumption again. I'm now going to get, I'll just assume everyone's a woman and then you guys can complain after that. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, two quick points on that. Uh, I distinctly remember answering this question, you know, like in podcast previous about, Hey, the top two corners in Ohio, Bryce West, and Scott, have we ever seen anything this good before? And I stopped and I said, we have four corners in Ohio. Nichols, Carson Hobbs headed to Notre Dame, Bryce Scott, and, you know, uh, Aaron Scott, or Bryce West and Aaron Scott. Uh, and I've been kind of harping, like, hey, it's not just two, there's four. And you see the offer go to the third, uh, Nichols. If you like Chris Henry, you want Nichols. You want the synergy at that Withrow program. They're together every day. They're going to be visiting Ohio State together, and they've already visited Ohio State together. Uh, I'm not saying that's a package deal, but Chris Henry is a prize. And if you want him, it'd be nice to have a corner from his team playing at Ohio State a year or two before and have that bridge. Not that that makes things automatically happen, but just note that, that you know, anytime like Lakota West, you got to – couple of Buckeyes coming from the same team. It makes it easier to set that anchor in and pull that third or fourth one out. Uh, just note that. And, yeah, four corners in Ohio, not two. Now, Aaron Scott, Bryce West may be the cut above 
because they're a little bigger than the other guys, but it's there's no, you know, they're all A prospects. They're all equally stars, I think, and they're Nichols can fly. He might be the fastest of all of them, you know, so just plug that away. And I was told a few weeks ago that uh, uh, to Ryan Nichols, uh, even though he had all the offers and the setup visits, he was going to go ahead and camp at Ohio State uh, to get that offer. Now he doesn't need to do that. He has that offer. The only bigger giveaway is if they hire Pac-Man Jones to work for the secondary <laughs> coaches. If they do that, you can expect Chris Henry is already enrolled. I don't think that's going to happen. Call me a, a skeptic. Um, although, although they do have like quality control positions, there's all kinds of titles they can give guys now. He wants, I mean, hit at a Pac-Man Jones for intern. I'm into it if it gets Chris Henry. Yeah. Uh, Doug Shepard asks, where is a tacker tackle for Glenville going to land? You guys can name him and predict if you like. Fred Johnson. Freddie Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Fred Johnson. I'm uh, hard to say right now. High State has not offered him. I know Mark and I have talked a lot about him. We both like him. But, again, uh, you know, you cannot offer and take every single tackle in Ohio. You, you're, you know, uh, they've already got in this class, they've got Deontay Armstrong, who they recruited as a tackle, and they've got Ian Moore as a commitment who they recruited as a tackle. So they've got two tackles already. Um, they can take one, maybe two more. Um, so, you know, again, you know, Johnson's is a guy that I think has a lot of potential. And I know Michigan and some other schools like him. Where he's going to end up, I don't know right now. Just talking to him, I don't think he has a real good feel of, of where he's going to go at this point, to be honest. Right. Kind of an I, I would, I would, I don't, and I, I'm, I'm probably the worst. I'm probably the worst one to predict this, but I, I pick uh, Michigan. I just know that uh, Michigan has had those Glenville kids up as a group repeatedly, and they've offered. I think I, I smell Michigan coming for him. I just, I don't know. I think it would be an upset if he went somewhere else. If I'm, if I'm uh, ambushing you guys with this question, I apologize. But Sean Duffy, former Elk. I assume he means Centerville. <laughs> uh, I don't know of any other team called the Elks, for that matter. An all-conference player at Elon, which is a college in North Carolina. Center Michael Purcell. Have you guys heard anything about him? He would be an absolute upgrade. 6'4", 320, 21% body fat. Chances are Sean Duffy may know Michael Purcell personally. That's just a guess. Ha! <laughs> Uh, have you guys heard of him? What do you think of that whole uh, shebang there? Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. I was like, I was like, he he did it. He stumped us because I have the look of what? <laughs> this is like on the NFL draft where you stump Dane Brugler and <laughs> you get a lollipop for doing that. Yeah, like Mel, Mel Kiper's looking at his notes, going. Yeah, Mel Kuyper just said he wasn't in my draft uh, notes. He didn't get invited to the combine. Uh, I don't know who he is. <laughs> so I watch. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I watch their coverage. And the Cowboys picked a tight end from Texas, um, who's still in the league. And two of the guys on the show are from Texas. Didn't know who he was. Anyway, I mean, like they went to Texas, so that's you, you never know uh, what what people are going to do when it comes to that. Let's see here. I think we're actually going to be done here. Oh, last one. There's been some questions about KJ Bolden. 
that would be ridiculous. I think they would take Bolden regardless, Bill, don't you think? And maybe label, label him as an athlete. But do you feel they've got a good chance for K.J. Bolden, of course, the Star safety from Georgia, though I see a, a lot of two-way talk with Bolden. It seems like they're trying to tempt him with some catches. Yeah, they're not going to uh, – if uh, Bolden wants to walk in and commit today, tomorrow, next week, next month, uh, four months, he's got a spot. He's that good. And he and Scott don't really impact each other because they're being recruited for different positions. Aaron Scott is being recruited – by Ohio State as a corner, while Bolden is being recruited as a safety athlete receiver. Uh, they're recruiting him as like Chris Gamble type guy that can play safety, that can go on the offensive side of the ball and, and, and play receiver. So two different uh, guys, so to speak, and, and they want both of them. Uh, right now I've got uh, Scott Crystal Ball to Ohio State. I don't have Bolden Crystal Ball to anybody. Um you know, obviously getting him out of Georgia is not going to be easy, but Ohio State is making a strong run. Um, people think, how could he not go to Ohio State being related to Ohio State safeties coach Perry Iliano? Well, you know, they are related, but that's not like it's his father exactly, for mm. instance. Um, they're related, but uh, Bolden's going to go to the school that he feels is best for him. And Ohio State is one of those schools that is very high up on his list. You know, I'm, I don't think I'm going out on any great limb saying that there's a pretty decent chance he could end up at either Georgia or Ohio State. I think we will leave it there, people. That's almost 40 minutes in the books. We appreciate these guys bringing their rare combination of wit and wisdom. And Mark is now going to go put some gas in his car and take a nice long nap. <laughs> We appreciate everybody stopping by. Have a good one, Buckthunners.